Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. A new report from the Navy shows that the fire on the Bonham Richard warship last summer burned for nearly two hours before efforts to put it out began. Junior sailor Ryan Mays is being accused of starting the fire, and the Navy report is recommending that three dozen more officials face consequences. Andrew Dyer is our military reporter. So Andrew, your latest story paints a picture of everything that went wrong on the Bonham Richard, which was a lot. Uh, Basically, what is the story here? What did you learn? So everything that we now know comes from the Navy's own investigation into the fire. Um, Now, this is a separate investigation than the one into the arson. That's a a criminal investigation handled by NCIS, whereas this is the Navy's own look at uh, why did this fire that started in this one compartment on the ship, why did it destroy the ship Um, and, and what went wrong and and. The answers they found is basically everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in this instance. And and so, you know, over the last more than one year at this point that we've talked about uh, this fire, um, one thing that we've talked about a lot was kind of like uh, the conditions on board the ship when it's in, uh, in for maintenance. Um, now, at this point in the Bonham Richards kind of maintenance cycle, it was being retrofitted to operate F-35 Bravo jets. So it had been in the yards for quite a while. And what that means is that, you know, the crew, most of your firefighting training happens when you're out to sea. So the ship had not been out to sea in two years. Um, The crew was not um, up to par when it comes to firefighting procedures. The watch standards, you know, on the quarter deck of the ship were not quite prepared to handle or even recognize that the situation on board was as dire as it was. And all of this, you know, contributed to uh, why the fire um, spread the way that it did. Um, I mean, we can go through a list of the findings if you want. Um, I can start from the top. So the first person to see the fire, uh, see the smoke, um, didn't even report that there was smoke. Um, other sailors thought that they had to have eyes on like a flame to report a fire. Um, when th- that's not true, um, you can call away for, for smoke. Um, whenever the smoke was reported to the quarter deck, the, the officer of the deck, which is kind of like your chief watch stander at that moment, um, hesitated to call away for the fire. Um, now this, this delay, you know, if it's just 10 minutes, you know, those are critical minutes when, um, that fire theoretically could have been knocked down when it was a small, a a small fire. Um, but complicating things were, you know, uh, Navy ships, they have fire stations around the ship. Um, these fire stations consist of, you know, a fire main, which is a big pipe with valves on it and hoses that are neatly arranged next to this pipe so that you can just grab the hose and attach it to the the valve. And there's a nozzle there. You attach it to the other end of the hose and you're ready to go. Well, after almost two years in the maintenance yards, these fire stations were not 
uh, ready to be engaged in a, in a fire. Um, almost 90% of the fire stations on board were in some state of um, ill repair, whether that's damaged equipment, missing equipment, um, or just not, not operating because of a lot of the maintenance happening. Um, so as sailors tried to engage the fire in those early minutes, um, you know, they're basically grabbing, you know, fire extinguishers and trying to get into the space. Well, even, even after this many minutes, you know, it's too hot, you know, so they go back and try to get into their firefighting equipment, the FFEs, you know, they're trying to bring hoses down, um, and they're just not able to get into the space and get to the fire. Um, base fire crews arrive. They try to get in. Um, but, you know, their hoses uh, don't fit onto the, the ships. So they're not compatible with the ship's hoses. Um, there's no fire main on the pier that the ship is tied to. Um, it, and the first crew to actually put a an agent on the flames of the fire was actually a San Diego fire rescue crew uh, two hours after the fire had started, almost two hours after the fire started. So, um, and it, and by that time it had already spread to another space uh, above where the ignition point was. So, um, you know, very early on uh, it was just, you know, misstep after misstep and any opportunity to, to save the ship was basically lost by the time uh, they even first sprayed water on, on flames. So this is another situation where lack of training, maybe lack of maintenance of equipment has led to a Navy disaster. Of course, the other one that comes to mind is the, the sinking of the amphibious vehicle, which killed sailors. Has the Navy addressed this at all? It seems like this is becoming a problem for them. So, yeah. Um, and, and we could go back even further to the, um, the collisions with the Fitzgerald and McCain that, that killed a lot of sailors. Um, and, and I think all the through line for all of these is kind of this core stressor on the Navy leadership is that it's always mission first. We have to accomplish this mission. Your mission is to uh, sail destroyers in the sea of Japan and, and, and project power uh, to China. Your mission is to perform amphibious operations and get ready to deploy. We have to make this deployment. We have to go deploy it at this time. Your mission is to get this ship um, upgraded for F-35s in this timeline. We have this much money to do it. You have this much time to do it. That's your mission. So the focus for leaders is mission, mission, mission. And the cost of that laser focus is safety. You are not giving your crew enough sleep or you are not repairing your gear enough in the case of the Fitzgerald and McCain. You are um, not uh, inspecting the, um, the amphibious vehicles in the case of, of last year's uh, sinking. Um, you're not training your Marines to, to escape the vehicle um, in the water. Um, and in the case of the Bonham Richard, you are not applying the lessons of previous fires um, by making sure that a ship in an industrial environment is, you know, 
a ship in that environment is particularly vulnerable to fire. And that increased vulnerability demands increased monitoring and increased safety and increased awareness um, of, of that fire risk. And, and that's the cost that these, you know, Navy leaders paid in kind of the name of pursuing that, that mission objective. So Navy investigators uh, concluded that more people should be on the line for this fire. Will more people be charged or get into trouble? So I've, um, you know, I spent part of the morning today on the phone trying to find out what um, what the status is here. Now, some of the people on that list have already retired. Uh, the the former, uh, our former Navy mayor, quote unquote, their uh, Southwest Region commander uh, retired earlier this year. The former Surface Forces Admiral based in San Diego um, also has retired. Um, so and and the the commanding officer of the ship has moved on. Uh, and so um, some people are already kind of out of pocket. Right. Um, but others are, are still in their jobs, including the, the base um, fire uh, chief who is named in the in the report. Um, uh, the uh, the base commanding well, I'm sorry the uh, base commanding officer actually has also <laughs> moved on is no longer the base commanding officer so a lot of people have moved on to other jobs um, and, and what we've seen in, before is is what the Navy is doing is they've set up a consolidated disposition authority um, or a CDA if that sounds familiar to you then um, congratulations you've been reading our military coverage, but um, in, in the Fat Leonard uh, scandal um, is kind of the latest big CDA scenario where a, a flag officer is assigned um, this kind of extra role of looking through the investigation and deciding what ends up with the, each individual named. Um, now, the, the vice... Uh, Chief of Naval Operations said that nothing's off the table when it comes to the CDA. Um, so we don't know exactly what will happen with anybody involved. And, and the CDA, this, I, I should say, specifically applies to, you know, the military commanders. There are some civilian folks um, also named in the investigation. Um, but in the case of, of Fat Leonard, um, some of the recommendations uh, ran, ran the gamut to where, oh, we don't need to do anything with this person um, to um, a secretarial letter of censure was kind of the, the worst thing that came out of some of those was, um, you know, you will be kind of have a bad letter in your record. Um, and then a few were recommended for, um, you know, uh, military judicial uh punishment like a either the uh, a court martial or, or something along those lines so um, but as of right now there's been no action from the CDA CDA um, punitively against anybody everything is still under review you mentioned this investigation is separate from the criminal investigation, but what is the latest with uh, Ryan Mays, the junior sailor who is charged with starting the fire? So he is uh, due in court next month for uh, what's called an Article 32 hearing. 
this is kind of the military's version of a, a grand jury. Uh, a hearing officer will hear some of the evidence the government is bringing against um, Seaman Apprentice Mays, and that hearing officer will make a recommendation uh, on whether or not there is enough to, to proceed with court-martial. Andrew, you've been following this story for more than a year, uncovering various aspects of it that you know we didn't know about to begin with, but what questions are yet to be answered? You know, when it comes to something like this, um, so, you know, when I, I, you know, I was previously in the Navy, you know, I was um, qualified in damage control. I was a, a team leader on a repair locker. Um, I think the, the biggest things that come to my mind is, and this is my personal experience when I was in the Navy, I've been out for almost 10 years now. So asterisk on that, but you know, when I was in, there was almost no real, uh, ship wide emphasis on damage control training or drills while we were in port, let alone when we were in the yards. Now I did not work full time in engineering or as a damage controlman. Um, now in port and in the yards, those folks do keep doing their jobs. There's an import emergency team, um, usually comprised of, you know, the damage control, uh, specialists, um, and, and they do maintain their drills. They're the ones that will respond to, to any smoke or anything else on the ship when you're in port. But, um, when you're out to sea, uh, firefighting drills involve the entire crew of the ship. Um, people who work in all places, you might work on the mess decks, you might work on aircraft. Um, but whenever they sound, when they run a general quarters drill, you know, you have a locker assignment and you go and train and you, you fight an imaginary fire. That way, when there's a real one, you're ready to, you're ready to fight it. Um, and, when I was in um, on two different aircraft carriers, that was never something that we did in port um, unless you were on one of those import emergency teams. So I, I think coming out of this, um, I, I just wonder, and the Navy did a separate, um, John Wilkins wrote about this. Um, they did a separate investigation into, into ship fires um, where, where they kind of said like, we have not learned the lessons of, of the last major major fire. Um, we wrote a big report and we said, here are the lessons, but those lessons weren't implemented um, on, on the bottom of shard. So will this be the time that, um, that those lessons, you know, actually are, are implemented and, and there's real changes um, to, to safety and fire safety when ships are in port and especially when they're undergoing maintenance. You can find more news online at sandiegouniontribune.com. I'm Christy Totten. Thanks for listening.